I'm trying to think of something interesting to say. Uh, we can wait. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. Now that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in LA. And today we have you covered, literally, with more unlikely cover songs in the 80s. Okay, I just want to warn you that uh, when I wrote this song, I was listening to The Cure a lot. So, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media Mobile app. And don't forget to listen to our show at the CLNS Media website. You can find it at clnsmedia.com. And as always, please, if you love our show, share the links on social media. Oh, crap. I got to do an intro. Um, Steve, Jen with one ends here with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Brad? Question mark? I put a lot of thought into that one, folks. <laughs> I can tell you were like revising it and going back, you know, brainstorming, workshopping. Yeah, do I say crap? Do I say shit? Do I say fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the restraint. Thank you, Brad, so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Apologies, my God. stuck in the 80s nation. Apologies. If, if, if Brad is lacking in his originality this week, it is to be understood, of course, because we are going to talk about songs from the 80s that we thought were originals. But alas, they were not. They were remakes of songs that maybe you never heard before. And sometimes the words were changed. And sometimes they were hits. Sometimes more than often than not, they were not. And so each one of us has a song this week that we think is kind of interesting in itself. Jen, why don't you get us started this week? What is your song that you thought was an original, but alas, was not? Yes, I, this, I learned a lot this week, 80s Nation. Awesome. Um, so my song is from 1981. If you've ever lived in 1981 and had MTV, you know this song. You, know, you may even know the choreography to this song. It is Mickey by Tony Basil. Have you guys ever heard of this song? <laughs> uh, it's ringing a bell. It's ringing a bell. Oh my gosh, this song rings all the bells for me. So, so this, this was song on, is so fine it blows my mind, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, for sure. So, Tony Basil, this is on her debut album called Word of Mouth, and it was not an original. Which really, I was really this week genuinely surprised to hear that, and also um, pleasantly surprised to hear the original. So, it was originally recorded by a British pop group called Racy during 1979. So not that long before she remade it. Um, and it was also on their debut album, Smash and Grab. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of Racy. I had never <laughs> until I did no. a little bit of investigating. No. But yeah, they were fairly popular in England. 
So anyway, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the song Mickey and how it works in with Racy or with, uh, I'm sorry, with Kitty is the name of the original version. Should we just listen to a bit of that now? So you're telling me that the song is originally called Kitty, not Mickey. It's originally called Kitty. And I, you know, when you hear this, the original by Racy, it's not that different. Aside from the name change and the gender change from Kitty to Mickey, it's a pretty faithful remake that Tony Basil does. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and yeah. the Kitty version is just as, you know, peppy and catchy, actually. So Tony Basil's version is the one that we, of course, all know, Mickey, not Kitty. And it was initially issued as a single in the UK in May 1981, didn't chart, was reissued in January 1982, and it became a huge hit in England, reaching number two. Now, over hmm. here, stateside, it scored number one on the uh, Hot 100 for one week. One week? Just How one week. How random is that? I know. Bing. I thought that was so bizarre, because that, that, I feel like it was everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Turn it on solid yeah. gold, it's on. Friday night videos, it's on. I mean, and it was on the radio constantly. Video jukebox also yeah. on. Exactly, exactly. But it it was on the charts for a long, long time, but only reached number one for that one week. I want to say it was named number five on VH1's 100 Greatest One Hit Wonders of All Time, which mm. that's a pretty high rank, right? Number that's five. Pretty, it, that's pretty. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's too high. I don't know that's what else air. goes above it, but I really? feel like that's too high. Oh, I feel like it's, I think that's a pretty good place in my mind. But it was also number 57 yeah. on their 100 Greatest Songs of the 80s. Huh. Isn't that funny? So they, they kind of like this song. Yeah. Well, I would love for someone to do like a Venn diagram of the VH1 Greatest One Hit Wonders and then oh, the VH1 <laughs> Greatest Songs of the 80s to see like how many of those one hit wonders are also 80s songs. There goes my I feel day. Like <laughs> okay, Brad, report back. Okay. So uh, I just, will. I don't want to go on much longer, but I do have to talk about the video because it's really what made the song fly, so to speak. So everyone's seen the video, right? Of course. Burned yes. The background is, if you, I mean, a lot of people, this is common knowledge for a lot of 80s fans, but Tony Basil was a cheerleader in Vegas. She went to Las Vegas High School, which I did not go to, but I lived in Vegas for a while as well. So the cheerleaders uniforms in that video are redesigned versions of the ones she wore in high school, which she graduated uh. In 1961. 61? 61. So, so, we'll, so put a pin in that. We'll come back to that because I want to talk a tiny Six, bit more. No, no, there's no we'll, pin. No, no, no there's a pin. There's a big fat pin. There's a big fat pin. Just hang on one second. So Holy I just have to. Sticks. I just have to read this because I was uh, doing my research. I came across um, this website you may have heard, heard of called Wikipedia. Oh. And. I have got to read you the, the introductory paragraph. It's not long, but I just was so fascinated by it. Basil was born Antonia Christina Basilata in Philadelphia. Her mother, Jacqueline Jessica Anderson, was a vaudevillian acrobatic comedian in her family's act, Billy Wells and the Four Fays. Her father, Louis Basilata, was an or orchestra leader. So what Show a lineage, right? <laughs> Crazy yeah. vaudevillian acrobatic comedian. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so she. <laughs> so Tony became um, uh, Tony, as she became known as, became a dancer and a choreographer. And I actually remember seeing her in an old Roger Corman movie called The Trip. 
starring Peter Fonda. Do you guys ever recall? This is like one of my late night BFF movies with Lucy. But we rented it and we were like, holy crap, that is Tony Basil. That movie was filmed in 1967. Jesus. So this. How old is she? She is, well, when she filmed Mickey, she was 38 years old doing all those splits and flips and stuff. Nice. Well, you know, she's a dancer. She's a dancer. Amazing. And she's still doing her thing. Like, if you ever want a a little pick me up, um, Google Tony Basil, like, current dance or something like that because she there's this video of her around i forgot to mention this of nice. her just like doing doing da- like dancing and she is still killing it she's amazing she's a hundred and four so let me get in with a couple of tr- a couple of tony basil uh trivia points here Please. one when this when this album was made she was dating jerry casale now, who's Jerry Casale, you might ask? From Devo. He's the bass player from Devo. Exactly. I'm going to go put my energy oh. dome on for this, this segment. So if you okay. look at the album list, word of mouth, there are three songs that are straight up Devo covers. No way. Renamed, but straight up Devo covers. It's a 10 tracks on the album, and three of them are Devo songs where Devo plays behind her, like is the backing band for some of this stuff. Wow. I don't think they played on Mickey, but they played on the their own stuff but she was just like i need some songs well i'm not imagining i wasn't there but like like help me out bob <laughs> that's awesome i didn't realize that that that, yeah. that album was so devo uh, influenced that's awesome it is and the, the the yeah the versions are total just total proof of de-evolution <laughs> yeah let me ask you this though about this song how many times did you listen to it in the 80s before it really started to irritate you that's part a of my question part b is has time somehow magically restored its luster, and do you can you appreciate it more today than you could back in 1981? Brad, you want to answer first? So, are you asking? Yeah. So, are you asking if the Dexys Midnight Runner rule is in effect? Because that's a song that Come On, Ali and I just got so sick of. But now I'll listen to it again. I don't think it's rehabilitated yet. I'm not in a big hurry to hear this song ever again. So I'll answer both questions in one answer. Never lost its luster. Never will. I can listen to. The, I have probably listened to it one million times. I will listen to it another half a million before I keel. But I, I love this song. I just it never bothers me. It's super short. So if I do start to feel a twinge of again with this, it's over. <laughs> By the time I figured it out, the song is over. So I love this song so much. My last birthday, my best friend Lucy for my birthday sent me a um, a CD of eighties compilations, like a bunch of different eighties songs. Uh-huh. And she called me later and she said, do you know why I sent that to you? Because it was a bunch of songs I already had the albums to. And I said, was it because oh my God. Mickey in Spanish is on it? And she said, exactly. <laughs> so that's how much I adore this song is I'll listen to it in another language. Wow. I know. Wow. Just like, uh, just like Mr. White, you will record Mickey in Spanish. You will record these songs from the Playtone catalog. Hey, did you know Tony Basil uh, choreographed that thing you do? Back check true. I did not. I remember that happening. Yes. I re- she, if Every once in a while, you'll hear she choreographed a movie. You know what I mean? Like she's still right. working, I think. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. I, I'd like to dedicate my cover song today to the to the biggest family man I know, and that'd be B-Rad. <laughs> Aww. Um, B-Rad, this, this Hollow Notes classic is for you.
was tremendously surprised to learn that Family Man is not an original song. To me, it sounds exactly like something Hollow Notes would it write. It really does. Yeah, I was Agreed. equally shocked. Yeah, I agree. So Family Man is from their 1983 album, H2O. I saw them on this tour um, at the old, now demolished Bayfront Center in St. Petersburg, Florida. An amazing show. I forget who opened for him. Red Rockers or... Ooh, that'd be a good show. Something like like that. I think it was them. But it was a great show. And it was the classic lineup of Hall and Oates. They had all the best back Hall and Oates. <laughs> and Oates. And the mustache was still intact. Here's the interesting thing, though. Not an original song. This did chart at number six on the charts. So it's it's a masterpiece, correct? But was written the very previous year by Mike Oldfield, huh. um, whom we all might remember from Tubular Bells. And it appeared on his album, Five Miles Out. Now, the song I'm about to play for you, it sounds exactly like the Hollow Notes version, except you might notice that the singer is female. That's Maggie Riley, a Scottish singer who worked with Mike Oldfield a lot. She handles the vocals for this song. What'd you think? I like it. Eh. <laughs> I, I think I love the original so much that I, I, I'm, I am probably irrationally dismissive of of her her lovely singing. <laughs> it's just such a different. It's I mean it's it's a different take, but it's it's not that different. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm kind of talking around the edges of it. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm right. not going to go buy the album, but I do like it. No, you're not. You're not. You're not a, you're not a Mike Oldfield completist. Yeah, no, not really. I'm not a completist for many things, except for Stuck in the '80s. Uh, I think the only band that I ever had every album of was Oingo Boingo. That's actually a really good question. We should put that in the PPTMN bucket for later. Yeah. It's an obtainable goal. Right. Oh, you want every Oingo Boingo record. Right. Okay. It's not like you're talking about the Rolling Stones or something. Anyway, um, the original version of this, not a hit in the U.S. at all, That's which is why we none of us have probably heard it. It did chart okay in Canada and the U.K., you know, like 25, 30 on the charts. But that's why I think everyone thinks of it as a um, Hall Notes original, and I th- it's one of those songs that when if, if they get together and they perform a show and they don't do Family Man, people will be tearing down the uh, arena that night. Yeah, it really oh. does sound like a Hall & Oates song. I'm, I'm just pretty surprised. I wasn't too surprised to hear that Mickey was a cover because I know about how much she covered other people's stuff just to fill out her album. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I guess shopping from A to Z was probably an original on that one, but... Anyway, yeah, this one really surprised me that this is a cover. Well, you just you think of Hall Notes as as songwriters, but mm-hmm. in, in all fairness, they they had a several hits with cover songs. I mean, they had uh, "You Lost That Loving Feeling" is a cover song, right? You know, one of their best known hit, hits. So it's just it is what it is. But uh, Mike Oldfield, yeah, strange, bit, bizarre, bit odd. 
Well, I think, too, this album is so good. I mean, it's the one tape that my mom had that I coveted. I just took it. <laughs> it became mine. It's so good. Like, it, I'm looking at the playlist. It's, it opens with Maneater, and then Crime Pays, Art of Heartbreak, one-on-one, open all night, and then side two, Family Man actually opens side two. So it makes sense that we would all assume, you know, that this was a hollow notes because it fits so nicely into the whole album. Mm-hmm. This is a humongous album. Let me, let me make some more obvious statements about Hall & Oates. They were very popular. <laughs> yes, they were good. Okay, Steve, are you ready for number three on this week's show? I give you a song you probably haven't heard in a while, Breakaway by Big Pig. I know this song. It, it plays in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent yeah, Adventure. It, it plays in the credits, the opening credits of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Big Pig. I just love the band name. I don't know. Is it just <laughs> that I'm a sucker for rhymes? I, no, probably you just not. like barbecue. I do like barbecue. I do like barbecue. So Big Pig, Australian funk rock band. They were they started in the kind of mid-80s and they ran through the early 90s. But they are notable in that they do not have any guitarists. They are a strictly percussionist band. So wow. if you go and look up some of their some of their music, now this this track obviously has some synth in it, has some keyboards, but a lot of their songs just have a harmonica for any kind of lyrical, or I'm sorry, any kind of melody uh, is supplied by the harmonica, which I guess technically not har- not a percussion instrument, but uh, no guitar, no guitar at all. I'm on board. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, and that's I think that's really the hook that got me. I actually own this album. Uh, I haven't listened to it in a long time, but I do have it. <laughs> On uh, tape, CD. No, it's a CD. I bought it. At a, okay. It's a cut. It's a cutout bin CD. Gotcha. Uh, lead singer uh, was a woman named Shireen. Ab- oh, I'm going to butcher this. Aberatne. Aberatne. And she's a twin. And you know, I'm on board now. Um, <laughs> but she and her twin this sounds dirty. She and her twin sister. Don't be that way. She and her twin sister sang together. Did a lot of backup singing. Reportedly, although I keep finding the same block of text everywhere I search on the internet, they backed up uh, in excess in U2 at times. Although I can't find a reference to that that isn't, as I said, that exact same block of text over and over again. So I'll just repeat it as fact because it's on the internet everywhere. This cover went to number eight in Australia, but it only peaked at 60 in the U.S. pop charts, although it made it to seven on the dance charts. Yeah. So the original version was by Chuck Jackson. Who's heard of Chuck Jackson? Raise your hands. I have not. I don't see any hands going up. He is not an animator <laughs> on Warner Brothers cartoons. That's that's Chuck Jones. Chuck Jackson was R.B. singer. Um, he had a, a very long career. He started in the late 50s with the Dell Vikings and what went solo in the early 60s. He had 18 albums between 1962 and 1977. Which, wow. Still, like, what a horse. I know. Like, did you ever leave the studio? He's one of the first artists to have success with a Burt Bacharach, Hal David song, doing an early version of Any Day Now, which was covered by a bunch of people. But in 1973, he released an album through, the, through all times, which included this single, I Can't Break Away. All my life I wanted to fly. 
I mean, you can see the bones are there. Uh, it's a little different, obviously, because there's no, not as much melodic stuff. It's just picked up by the keyboards in the in the big pig version. What do you guys think of that? Of the three songs we talked about, or the three covers and songs that we talked about today, I uh, I, I like this one the best. It, just in that it's it actually was reinterpreted. You know, it's like two completely different genres, and both right. are very good. I I love the Chuck Jackson version, and I completely forgot about the Breakaway the pig, big pig version. I completely forgot that I knew that that was a song. I didn't recognize the name. I didn't recognize the band. In fact, I first thought it was the, the steal away song by Robbie Dupree. That's on my yacht rock podcast. Exactly. So I was a bit confused, but yeah, they're, they're both really good songs and both um, different. I love it. Yeah. How about you, Steve? You know, what's interesting about this song in general is the new version, the, the big pig version, you know, it was on, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, I believe, turns thirty soon. Next month. Very soon. Yeah. yeah. We've we've never done a podcast on Bill and Ted's excellent adventure or their bo- bogus journey. But I kind of feel like we're overdue for that. I think it's worthy. Just because I know Yeah, because I think and they're they're working on a third version, so why not? It's you know, have you seen this movie lately? Bill and Ted's Excellent it's, Adventure? Yeah, it holds up. I showed it's, it to it's the, as yeah. goofy and silly as it was then i showed it but to that's the kids what we liked about it yeah i showed it to the kids sometime in the last year or so and it's unusual sometimes for them to sit through an 80s movie but they both were like that was so dumb dot 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 it was hilarious <laughs> like they they it, it really does manage that line of being like they know it's stupid they know the material is so dumb but they just it's done with such conviction uh-huh. it's it's it really does hold up i think uh, they thought it was really funny Napoleon eating the Ziggy Piggy is, is classic cinematography at its best. Ziggy Piggy. So, Brad, you know how you didn't watch um, Beetlejuice until last year? Right. I've oh, never no. seen either of these films. <laughs> oh, well, okay, good. Well, we need to have you on a Bill so & Ted's Excellent be, Adventure show. Yeah, yeah, so I can be a fresh set of eyes and, and uh, let you know what, what, you, what I think there. Okay. I, I think you're going to enjoy it more than you... Think, think you will you, more than you think i think i will you're in the words right. of boingo boingo i know what's on your mind but it's not what you think it is i, I almost don't want to give away the surprise i mean you know jane wheedland's in it right is that the surprise did you just spoil it for me should i even bother to watch it now <laughs> she's she's awesome i will tell you she's like awesome i am you're singing telegram <laughs> no no she's got a better role than that no dolphins in this one but we're not giving it away that's all we're saying all right i'll try it so. i will try it i've been meaning to try yeah. it for like 30 years <laughs> Yes, it's time. And so we'll get so we'll so in a month from now we'll get to or impetus. A month from now we get to play uh, Breakaway again on a new podcast. So that'll oh yeah, that'll double the number of plays that song has gotten in recent years. Oh. Seriously, oh, <laughs> that's that's so mean, Jen. I think it's time for us to reinstate an old tradition we have here at Stuck in the Eighties. What's that? 
the Gen Trivia Game. Oh, yay. It's been a while. I've been awful busy, but this, uh, this topic kind of inspired me, so it's, it's related to uh, today's subject matter. Shall we play a game? So what do you guys think? Shall we play a game? Love to. Love to. All right. So this one's pretty straightforward. Uh, I'll name the song. You name the original singer and the 80s singer. Make sense? Oh, my God. That's going to be really hard. Ooh, okay. Oh, no. You guys got this. You've done 500. Unless you're, unless you're talking about the three songs we just talked about. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do too well. You guys have done 500 episodes of cover songs, so you'll be all set. Don't worry. Um, oh, let's, before hurts. we begin, um, check our buzzers, shall we? Steve. Brad. Okay, they're broken. Let's try again. They're broken. Brad. 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 Steve. All right, good enough. All right, so the first round will ease you into this. There's only three rounds. There's only four songs per round. First round is Prince. So I've already given you the 80s singer. All you have, or the original singer. All you have to do is come up with the 80s singer who covered one of his songs. Ready? Okay. Get those buzzers ready. I feel for you. Brad. Brad. Oh, uh, Prince and Shaka Khan. Good. <laughs> when you were mine, Steve. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I- I'm, con- I'm confused. I'm conceding the answer when, to Steve. When you were mine, you want two names then for every one of these right. questions. Right, but for the first I, round, I you've already you. got Prince, so you are, you're only. I, I can't help you there. Okay. Oh, so you're saying every one of these is a Prince? Right. Song. Yes. So, Steve, got to stop recording these shows on Saturday mornings. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who recorded that. Okay, the answer is Miss Cindy Lauper. Oh, Brad! Yeah. I don't think I ever really heard that song. All right, you ready? Kiss. Brad, who covered Kiss? Brad, that's Prince and the Art of Noise. It is, and I would have accepted oh. Art of Noise or Tom Jones or Tom Jones with Art of Noise, I but Brad, you get the point. I love that cover. Oh, I love that cover. Isn't it awesome? It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I want to... Uh, yeah, you're just upset because you're getting skunked, bro. Oh, I'm going to get skunked. I mean, I'm, I've already surrendered this one. I'm just I'm here playing with a thumb drive. Oh, all right. That's the, that's the spirit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, this is the final one in the Prince round, and the song is Nothing Compares to You. Brad. Steve. Brad. Sinead O'Connor covered the Prince original. Sinead O'Connor. And I will just say, technically, it's a Prince project called The Family, but, you know, it's all Prince. (laughs) All right. Round two is called Oldies. So for this one, I'm going to name the song. You tell me who sang it originally back in the day. And then the 80s musician or musicians who covered it. Okay. Oh, my God. You're making this much harder than it really is, Steve. Here we go. I think we're alone now. Steve. Steve. Wasn't it the Shondells and then it was Tiffany? Exactly. Wow. You get a point. Nice. Hooray. Yeah. All right. Next one. Locomotion. Crap. Incorrect. <laughs> I didn't buzz in, so it doesn't count. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I know who t- did it. I know the cover. Yeah. 
It covers Manhattan transfer, isn't it? No. no. Anyone ringing in? No. Anyone, I, I, anyone? I know who did the cover. We're just the trying to work it out Kylie together. I don't know who did the original. I'm sorry, Brad. Brad. Kylie Minogue and unknown artist from the 60s. All right. That is correct, but you're not getting a point. It is uh, Kylie Minogue who remade Little Eva's song, yeah. Locomotion. Would never have oh, gotten Jesus. that. All right. You'll get, nope, you'll get this one. You ready? Years. You'll get this one. You can't hurry love. I need love. Brad. Brad. Is that the Supremes and Phil Collins? Yes. Very good. Ah. Point for Brad. Mm. Point for Brad. All right. Final <laughs> one in this round. <laughs> so wistful. Ready? Always on my mind. Uh, Steve. Steve. Oh, shoot. Well, uh, Willie Nelson and Pet Shop Boys. The second answer is correct. Willie Nelson did always on your... He didn't do the original. But you know what? I, I'm uh, going to give you the point. Can you tell me who did the original as well? Elvis Presley. There you go. You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. All right. One point for Steve. Oh, I love that cover. The Pet Shop Boys yeah, version is, is so oh, the good. Cover's the best. I could listen to... I could listen to the Pet Shop Boys cover. <laughs> come out. This, this skin's come out bad. And I could listen to the Pet Shop Boys forever. <laughs> no, that sounds factual. <laughs> but that song I really do love. It is good. That's just amazing. All right. So this round three, it's our third and final round. I'm going to call it the new oldies, in which I'm going to name a song that was done in the 80s. And then you're going to tell me the name of the artist who sang it in the 80s. And then the name of the artist who sang it in more recent years. Oh, boy. So we'll call the last 10-ish dozen years or so. We'll call that contemporary for us. That's like (laughs) super current. I know. I'm crashing and burning on this one hard. I have in my notes level of difficulty more. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, crush us. Crush us. We'll see what we can do. Maybe you might be able to put this together. Okay, here we go. We'll start off with Boys of Summer. I mean, I know they obviously did it in the 80s. Um, I couldn't tell you who covered yeah, it. Yeah, me either. So it was Don Henley. That was, you all know that. And the right. artist that covered it most recently is the Ataris. Nothing infuriates me more when he talks about the deadhead sticker on the Cadillac, right. but they change it to, I think they change it to a black flag sticker. <gasps> I know, it's dumb. Losers. It's so dumb. So let's move on. Yeah. All right. The next song, It's My Life. Um, Steve. Eve. Talk, talk. And I, I want to say, it's not... Is it pink? Oh, you're in the ballpark. Wait, wait, Brad. Wait, wait, Brad. Uh, wait, wait, Brad says it's talk, talk, and um, oh crap, I can see your face. It's, <laughs> it's, it's her band. Oh, if that helps no you. doubt, no doubt.
Very good. Point for yeah, Brad. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a great cover, though. It, it is a good no, cover. No doubts. It is a good cover. It's my life, yeah. It is a, it's, it's also reinterpreted. That's a, that's a decent one, yeah. All right, let's see. I'm curious if, if uh, Steve will get this one. Mad World. Well, I mean, we all know Tears for Fears of the original, but Mad I, No, I couldn't tell you. Uh, oh, wait. You know, I think I've heard a, it. There's a version of this that's like a dirge. But mm-hmm. I don't remember who the guy is. Yeah, I, it's I a know. Great I, cover. I can hear it in my head. It is a good. It cover. is a good great cover. cover. What is? Who is it? Wasn't it like a um, American Idol or The Voice oh, or one of was, those? It was on one of those stupid shows. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> the reason I remember that <laughs> no version judgment. is there was a one of the one of uh, stupid story. I'm not telling the story. Never mind. <laughs> so either of you get? Can you get the name? Can uh, no, you get? No, it? I won't remember no? the guy's name. I can hear the version I, in my I, head. Adam but Lambert. I'll never Adam Lambert. All right. It is Tears for Fears. And good guess, Gary Jules is that man's name. I find it hard to tell you. I find it hard to take. When people run in circles, it's a very, very bad world. Gary Jules. Yeah. Which is such an 80s sounding name, I think, Gary Jules. It'd be a good porno name. <laughs> All right, here is the last <laughs> one in the whole game. Ready? Kids in America. Well, I mean, obviously, Kim Wilde did the original. Who did the remake? I don't think I've heard it. I don't think I have either. So the answer is Kim Wilde. I knew that another band had done it, but doing research, the other answer is everybody. Everybody has covered this song. <laughs> I am not kidding. <laughs> I'm not. So So here is yet just a partial list of who has covered Kids in America by Kim Wilde. On the 1995 Clueless soundtrack, a band called The Muffs covered it, which is the one I was thinking of. Also in 1995, Bloodhound Gang covered it. Something called Shebang covered it in 2005. One Direction covered it on The X Factor in 2010. And then one oh my of my Lord. favorite covers, the Foo Fighters covered it in 2015. So we should put that link up because it's a really fun version of Kids in America. So th- that's the last one. Let's see. Let me count up the scores. Steve. Oh, I lost. You have lost the game to Brad. Brad, congratulations. <laughs> you have won. Five to two, you have won. Yay. I will celebrate my victory with a giant breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> It's still early for you. Hey, we had a great time uh, this week. If you have cover songs from the 80s that you think we've never heard of, send them our way. The email address is podcast.sits.com. In the meantime, <laughs> at Jen's request, we end the show with Foo Fighters because we're the kids in America and we all remain here hopelessly stuck in the 80s. We're the kids Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.